Welcome to the Brain Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your powerful positive healing for life. I'm your host, Louise Schwartzwalter. I'm the creator of a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. From engaging transformational interviews, brain soul success stories, and the secrets shared by brain and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brain Soul Success Show. I am excited to be with my guest today, Dr. Lisa Ozwuski, and uh, she is a chiropractor and a naturopath, and, um, and we've got to know each other here, and I know that you love to travel, and of course, this time is difficult. We can't travel <laughs> as much as you want, um, but you've done such great work in your office there, your spinal clinic in, in Michigan, and we're just recently honored as the first woman president of the Michigan Association of Chiropractors. Woo-hoo. Wow. Congratulations, <laughs> Lisa. Thank you. So awesome. Um, you're passionate, I know, about helping women live super healthy, right? Through simple online courses that you teach, as well as the work you do in your office and coaching um, so that everyone can achieve that vibrant health. You're also done a lot of work with keto. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about that because I guess there's a lot of definitions of that word. There is keto, and, yeah, that, for sure. and how people approach approach keto keto diets. Yes. Yeah. So we'll get into that a little bit. Um, so again, welcome. I'm so excited to uh, to spend time with you and learn more about you today. Oh, thanks so much. We could sit here and talk forever. I think. Yeah, we, we certainly <laughs> the guests can. we won't talk forever. Just uh-huh. FYI. <laughs> We can. It's just like, it's like a girlfriend chat is what happens. Um, so that's probably what you're going to feel today from all of us. So again, I'm so glad that you're here. What, um, tell us, you know, a little bit more about your background. I'm, I'm curious, how did you even get into chiropractic? Oh, you know, it's a really good story. Um, so I have always known I wanted to be a chiropractor and people oftentimes, like as it was my junior year of high school, like I had always wanted to be an engineer. One day I woke up, I'm like, I'm going to become a chiropractor. I'd always seen a chiropractor my entire life. So people just automatically assume that someone in my family was a chiropractor. Um, but there wasn't my grandmother, my Busha, um, was pregnant with my dad. So this was the early 1950s and she had a heart condition and she was actually, they didn't tell her, they told my Jaja, my grandfather to take really good care of her. Cause only one person would make it out of the pregnancy alive and it wasn't going to be her. So heart condition, pregnant, um, her dad happened to see somebody walk into, or I'm sorry, crawl into an unmarked office in Toledo, Ohio in uh, early 1950 and walked out. Turned out it was a chiropractic office. And so my grandmother went and saw a chiropractor, made it out of the pregnancy alive, had my dad, lived to be 92. Wow. So because of that, <laughs> she loved chiropractors. I grew up thinking everybody's grandmother, um, this was in the 80s, I grew up thinking everybody's grandmother fed them probiotics and <laughs> did yoga and listened to Deepak Chopra. <laughs> so <laughs> realized later on that wasn't normal. <laughs> wow. That's really cool. Wow. What a great background yeah. that you grew up with that. And yeah. So I always had, my mother's a nurse though. So I always had um, traditional medical model, but I saw the chiropractor too. So that was one of those things that I would have migraines. I would go to the chiropractor to get adjusted, but never went 
like for wellness care, right? So I went in for allergy shots growing up as a kid, like weekly allergy shots. And then when I went away and because my mom was a nurse, my mom would give me my shots. Um, when I went away to grad school, I stopped all allergy shots, but all my allergies disappeared. And people always said, oh, that's just because you went to Iowa. Wait till you come back to Michigan. And I kid you not, it was because when I went to Iowa, I got into wellness chiropractic care where I got adjusted routinely, not waiting for a symptom to arise, but just got adjusted as a preventative measure allergies are gone. Like I've been back in Michigan now, like 20 years, no allergies. So, um, yeah, it's just healthy, vibrant, all sorts of stuff. Well, it's a different model then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You have the background, your mom was a nurse. So you've had that, you had that background and then your grandma had done all that work with chiropractic. So you had kind of both, yeah. um, both growing up, both models. And then you mentioned wellness chiropractic. That must mm. be different than, is there different types of chiropractic? Well, I think chiropractic's always been wellness-based, right? Like we always were one, even in the you know, early 1900s when it was developing as a profession, um, people went in to be better. Like you think of the history out of Davenport, Iowa, where it was founded. BJ Palmer like used to have people come in on ambulances into his clinic there. He used to take care of like the people, you know, great example. Uh, the Spanish flu pandemic in the early 1900s. People don't realize this, but uh, there was a whole group of people that survived that pandemic. And it was those that sought out chiropractic care. There's like research studies out here on this. And so we know as a chiropractic profession, that's how we evolved into that next phase of chiropractors because of these people that witnessed some people dying and other people's li- live, but they went and saw their chiropractor, their chiropractor came to their house, whatever it was. And so there was great stuff that came out in the early 1900s on that. And that was, that was the next generation of chiropractors that stepped up because they literally realized that there was something happening there. So, yeah, I mean, it's the fact is your brain controls everything. Spinal cord is just an extension of your brain. So when these messages are being sent properly, you know, things are going to work properly. And I always use the example of these different symptoms that we get. It's kind of, you know, they're warning lights going off in our car, if you think of it that way. And unfortunately, most of us take better care of our car than we do our bodies. But what we do with these warning lights is like we cover it up with a medication in traditional America, right? So the oil light shows up in the car. It's like throwing duct tape over it, driving down the road. And, you know, 50 miles later, your engine blows out and you're like, I don't know why this happened. Like there's nothing going on. Well, we do that all the time with our body. So let's figure out why your body's giving you those symptoms. And let's like actually get to the cause of it instead of treating it with another whatever it could be. It could be a pill, but it could be a lotion. It could be a potion. It could be a vitamin and herb or something like that, but we really need to get to the root cause of stuff. So that's that's, that's how you work with people is you look at getting to the root cause. Yes. 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 Give us an example, I guess, of somebody that you work with where you got to a root cause of their issue. Oh my gosh. Um, so how about this? What I love now that I've been in practice for gosh, how many years, um, the families that come in, Mm-hmm. that don't think they'll ever have kids. Right. And maybe it's because they're the mom's not ovulating or whatever it is. There's some reason that they're not going to have children. Um, but all of a sudden you get the nerve flow going, right. And the ovaries can release eggs, right. Doesn't happen in every case, but it has, but then it's also the, or when they're coming in and saying, we're thinking of having a baby, what do we need to do preventatively? Like what are the nutrients we need to do? What do we need to do that way? So we can get them adjusted. And then when they want mom becomes pregnant, I love taking care of those moms throughout pregnancy to keep their body in alignment. Because when your body's in alignment, that means that uterus is going to be in the right place, which means that baby's probably going to be in the right position for labor and delivery. 
So again, there's other research out there that shows under chiropractic wellness care, faster labor and delivery times, right? Like that's pretty cool. We're not going to see as many, you know, breech babies or whatever like that. Um, so it's, it's keeping people, keeping moms in alignment that way. And then like, literally I take care of families. I take care of from those babies when they're born. And like, you know, I have 90 year old people too, taking care of the great grandparents of those babies. So it's really, I have a very family wellness practice. Oh, that's so completely awesome. You know what? You're bringing me back. Cause you know, years ago, I, um, I found a chiropractor when I wasn't healthy, you know, getting, you know, or working on getting my health back. Um, and it was actually after my kids were born. But Andy, my youngest, did have more chiropractic care as a baby. Yeah. As a baby. What a gift, right? Oh, my gosh. I can totally feel that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're doing such great work. Why is it that the decisions that, you know, that we make now um, are important for our life later? I don't think people understand the impact of the quality of your decisions today impact that life 10, 20, 30 years down the road, right? Like if people understood that every cell regenerates in your body at some different, I mean, it's all different time periods. Like we know this just within our naturopathic studies that this, you know, stomach cells or, and the small intestines, like those replicate daily or every couple of days versus your liver that replicates like every seven years. But the fact of the matter is like we, who we are sitting are here right now today is going to be, we're going to be replicated, like not as a second person here, but whole new set of cells within seven years from now. So the fact of the matter is, are you going to be good quality or bad quality? And that's the decisions you're making your good, healthy thoughts, your good, healthy foods, or is it really poor quality? And I have become so much more just, I guess, out there with people just to tell them, like, we are responsible for what we're dealing with right now. Like if you, we have to take responsibility for our health. If you give your body great, everything, you're going to have a great result. But if it's not a great result, there's a reason why. And it goes back to the decisions we made. Like it's, it's a brutal truth, but that's like the reality. Of course, of course, you know, and, and, you know, as humans, I see a lot of (laughs) self-sabotage. And we don't know it. That's the thing. And and we're not aware, you know, we're just not aware that that's even happening or we ignore symptoms until they're, until they piled up. And we cover it up with duct tape. So it's the oil light flashing on our dash, our dashboard, covered up, covered up, covered up. Yeah. And then, then it's, then it's, not, I don't want to say too late, but then it's harder. What I found it is, is and the engine blows out and we're like, wow, if I only would have had an oil change at $30, now it's three grand to change the engine. <laughs> no, it's like, that's right. What we what do. A great analogy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how do you walk people through that? I mean, what are the baby steps that, that's oh, you know, take in getting their health back on track? So it's every single decision you make today, right? It's going to impact your life tomorrow. So we don't have to overhaul it all at once. I think that's the biggest thing. And you probably see it with your clients too. When people come in and they're like, I want to change this and I want to do this. And I want, and I'm like, stop, because Mm -hmm. I don't want people to set themselves up for failure. I want you to be excited about this journey. I want people to feel empowered and inspired about this. So literally, if the only thing you do today is walk to your mailbox to get your mail, but you've never gotten off the couch, like that's a step, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're just walking to the mailbox to get your mail from here on out for the next 30 days, will you be healthier or sicker 30 days from now? Right. So you're healthier. Mm -hmm. Or if all you're going to do today is add in some green veggies and tomorrow you add in some more green veggies. And then maybe next month you add in some, you know, we just continue. We don't have to go, you know, and change everything today. Let's do one little thing 
and continue to build upon it. The one thing that I absolutely love, I use this all the time. I'm going to steal a Tony Robbins quote, like, okay. and I'm going to paraphrase it, but he always says, you think of our babies when they are crawling, learning to walk, they fall, right? We, I mean, does anybody have a kid that they just all of a sudden started walking? No, they fall, but the deal is they don't just sit there and continue like just to be like, I give up. And we as parents never sit there and say, my kid never going to be a walker. He's just going to crawl forever. We encourage the kid to get back up and do it again. How often as adults do we look at ourselves and we're like, not for me, healthy living, not going to do it. I might as well crawl the rest of my life. So true. So true. You know, so it goes back to that self-talk, doesn't it? <laughs> what we, we can tell be our best our, goes back to what we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and then that goes back to belief. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I was going to say it's a lot of women, but it's women and men. We all do it. And if we always, if we have to, I mean, I'm, I'm, I do it too. Right. But uh, to catch yourself when you're doing it, because the way that we talk to ourselves, I always just say like, if we did that, or if we spoke outward, how we talk to ourselves to another friend, we, we wouldn't have any friends. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's nurturing self. It's taking mm -hmm. care of self. It goes back to that worthiness, that self-worth. Yes. I'm thinking of what Greg Braden said this year. Uh, when I interviewed him, he said, if you love yourself enough, you'll make the changes you need to make. I love that. <laughs> yes. It's so true. Right. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So I, I see that, you know, so it's getting people back to that, that loving themselves enough so they can take those baby steps. So they can say, Hey, I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to walk. Yes. Or even throwing some lemon in your water or some, you know, Himalayan mm -hmm. sea salt in your water. Um, so many baby steps. So I try not to overwhelm people with way too many because again, I've just seen, seen way too often where there's a new person coming in and they're like, I'm changing all of this. And I'm like, Oh, please look, can we just stop? Because like, we see everything online and that's the deal. It is downright confusing out there. If <laughs> regardless, let's break through that confusion for a minute because mm -hmm. there is so much online. And I, I know that, you know, people are reading, we've got the internet today. We're getting lots of information. There's going to be pros and cons on everything. Um, what are your, what are your views of where to start? Like if I came in and I said, oh, I want to do all of this right now. I want you to put me on a keto diet and, you know, and I want to get, I want to lose 15 pounds, Dr. Lisa. And I know you're going to help me. Um, and we have to have this all done by Christmas, right? Yeah. I'd be like, well, let's um, look at reality, right? <laughs> you and, you no, and I think that's, shape, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I started the American Institute of Healthy Living was because as a healthcare practitioner, this was like five years ago on um, I started digging into some of the new stuff that was out there. This was again, looking years ago um, and intermittent fasting. I think a lot of people know about it now, but then it wasn't really that popular. And it was, again, this is going back to being okay with ourself and loving ourself because mm -hmm. I am totally different than where I was five years ago. I was the girl that was struggling to say, a certain size <laughs> and I was about 30 pounds overweight. And no matter what I did, I could not lose weight. I was eating strict keto, strict paleo. I was working out five days a week doing CrossFit. And again, without me just accepting myself as to where it was, mm -hmm. like I let the other talk get to me where, you know, I wasn't good enough for the guys or, um, biggest thing was one of my, you know, was a very self, like very, a good friend. And it was very well intentioned, mm -hmm. 
but it struck a chord with me. And she looked at me at a conference one day. She's like, what's wrong with you? She's like, there is something wrong with your body. You should be a size zero. She was like, see what you eat and how clean you eat. And how often you work out, you should not be this fat. And I like, it took me to heart. Like she meant it very well. So what I did was super strict intermittent fasting, did it all the wrong way. This is why I'm so passionate on informing people why to do it correctly. Because here's the, here's the deal, men and women, like intermittent fasting works, but women, we got to do it right. And so I lost 30 pounds. I lost my health. I lost 30 pounds. Didn't have a period for months, lost chunks of hair. Um, it was horrific. And then Luis, I'll tell you this. The worst thing was, was when showing up at conferences, having men look at me and they're like, you look so sexy, Lisa. And I mean, I, I put myself back there now and I'm like, I wanted to punch them because I'm sitting here thinking I can't wear my hair down right now because I've lost so much of it. And I feel like crap. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. I know my hormones are whacked and you're telling me I'm finally sexy. Oh, that's wow. And how many other people have gone through that too? So how did you get, so tell us the mistake. What was the mistake of my mistake? Oh my gosh. Instead of, you know, so we see intermittent fasting. So I did it about 20 hours out of a day. So I had a four hour eating window. So I was only eating like one to two meal, like teeny tiny meals a day. Cause I was very low calorie and low fat. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did it for three months on end because here at that point, this one meal a day that was being touted by all the guys, like that's what we knew at that point. It was great for men. And then it was early on, like I'm realizing what's happening to me. So I just start searching for this for women, right? So here I'm a healthcare practitioner. I'm searching the stuff online and I'm confused. So I can only imagine And so it was at that point, you know, that these women are speaking out and the guys are like, yeah, you guys are just doing it wrong. You got to do this better. It works. We know it works. Um, And it was finally a couple of years later that enough women spoke up and were like, this isn't right. And there was a big name that's out there and it was his wife started having issues. I remember seeing that online and Mm -hmm. it was, that's when the first thing started really showing up saying, wow, you know what? We're talking about this for men, but we think women need to do it differently. And so, you know, I've regained my health. Thank God. I've gained some weight with it. I'm fine with that. I'm healthy. Like, you know what I mean? It's more that self-worth that I want everybody to be able, you've got to be worthy. You've got to, um, you know, love yourself for where you're at, because again, your body's giving you everything exactly as you've given it. Like I had a really lousy body for a while, even though the guys thought I was sexy, but it responded perfectly to what I gave it. Right. Which was nothing. I was hardly giving it anything. Right. You weren't eating anything. So how do you eat now? I mean, how did you get it back? How did you get your health back? Um, I increased my fat a ton. So doing keto, but then again, we've got to do keto, right? Cause there's this whole thing. There's so many people that are like, I did keto. It didn't work for me. Right. Cause there's lazy keto. There's clean keto. There's dirty keto. There's all these different ways of keto. Hey, we just got to do it right. Like, that's what I realized. It's like, I'm here to help anybody that's failed in keto because it works. And it's a beautiful diet for nourishing the body when done correctly. Cause some people mm-hmm. like for me, originally the 80% fat was fine, which is typical keto. But now I know I don't do great at 80% fat. I've got to decrease my macros a little bit. So we work with people that way. Some people are really fat adapted and they can go higher carbohydrate, not higher, like as in crazy amounts of carbs, but some people really need to stick at 20 grams, grams of carbs and carbs. And some people are a little bit more flexible that they can increase that. So that's really what I did. There were certain things. And then it was, um, I actually just stopped exercising for a while. So that way I could just heal my body because I realized mm-hmm. every time I went and did a CrossFit workout, I was done for the day. I work out for an hour and I was like, might as well have just slept the rest of the afternoon. So my body was just, I mean, I was, I was 
full-blown adrenal fatigue. I threw myself into full-blown adrenal fatigue. And adrenal fatigue. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is when I listen to um, practitioners like yourself, um, I almost feel like, like we are like little scientists sometimes. And we, 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 we end up doing something for our own health because we want to try it. You know, we want to make it work. We want to see if it's going to work. And then we give it a shot. And a lot of times we, you know, crash and then we have to pull ourselves back together, but it's the learning that comes from that that allows you to be the stellar practitioner and chiropractor that you are now being able to help people with those same things. So, you know, there's so much confusion around keto just means eating fat, right? A higher, like higher fat, lower carb diet, getting into a state of ketosis, which is like our body's innate. I mean, we can burn sugar for fuel or we can burn fat for fuel. And if you think of our paleolithic, paleolithic ancestors, um, you know, there were certain time periods. It wasn't like carbohydrates were, were abundant all the time. It was just more like during summertime periods. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we would go, it's a feast and famine cycle. So that's how I I like doing that with our bodies just because right now in America in 20, you know, what in 2020, 2021, 2022, we don't really ever have a lack of calories. We've got, you know, 24 hour supermarkets that we can go to all the time. Right. We're not growing our own food. <laughs> so what is like a typical breakfast, lunch, dinner on a, and it's you, it'd be your keto because it's going to be right. Everybody's going to find their own sort of rhythm with this and their own percentage of what they're supposed to be eating without mm-hmm. being so crazy scientific that you're making yourself nuts and you're, you know, you're yeah. counting every little calorie and, you know, writing everything down. I'm not sure that I, I agree with that. Cause that makes people a little obsessive. Yeah. But what would be, what would be a good like balance? You know, if I was, yeah. gonna, you know, you're, you're going to put me on a keto diet and yeah. walk me through it. What would you, what would you have? So I eat? typically have people, um, we'll see what they do for breakfast. We're going to see how, if they've always been a breakfast eater, we might start opening up their fasting window. So for me, do I eat breakfast every morning? I don't. I'll be honest. And so there are some mornings I might have something, but I may not. I do. I love a lot of bone broth. Um, and even there's a bone broth protein, some more like collagen protein. So I'll do mm-hmm. my own type of smoothie that way with some different proteins, especially if I've worked out in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will do that. And then meals literally is my protein. So it could be some type of seafood, but it, you know, I do a lot of grass fed beef. Um, mm-hmm. I used to be a vegetarian and didn't, you know, didn't eat meat, but like really didn't do beef for like 20 years. And there were certain things that I was, that was happening to my body that I knew that I needed it again. So mm-hmm. I do a lot of grass fed beef. Um, but with that, and then I do some good veggies and some good quality fat. So I do a lot of coconut oil, um, and even some avocado oil. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that. Um, I even make my own mayonnaise. Like I love that type of stuff that will really help flavor things up. So it is a really nice balance of just good quality protein, good quality veggies. So that's your carbohydrates. And then every once in a while, um, depending, especially, you know, I'm still a cycling woman. So I'm cycling my carbs and throwing myself out of ketosis. Um, so I do that intentionally and my carbo, like my big carb days would be maybe 50 to 60 grams of carbs. So not crazy high. Not crazy. It's like a sweet potato, you know? Right. Right. So you're getting, you're getting some. And would you say that everyone has to find their own rhythm with that? Like everyone's different? I think so. Yeah, for sure. And some people, I mean, they might not do well eating breakfast or they, some people thrive on, you know, it's different for every person. And so there's a lot of people, I think, especially in the United States where we, I don't know, I, I was shocked to find out that I had clients that would wake up in the middle of the night to have a snack. 
that was not in my realm. Like I've never done that. I didn't know people did that. And so then when people shared that with me, I was like, oh, we got to stop that. Right. Like when we say stop eating after dinner, we mean that until breakfast. So that's my first thing is I just try to get people to at least 10 to 12 hours of not eating. And you can pretty much do that. And the reason we don't, we want to do that is because every single time you put food in your mouth, your blood sugar goes up. And so then your body has to counteract it. And so the amount of time that insulin goes up, like that, that cascade happens. We just want to narrow that time frame. We don't want that happening all day long. So I'm not a fan of the six mini, mini meals type thing because that's affecting blood sugar all the time. All the time. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, I had um, a good friend of mine who did some metabolic training in Germany and she was a big proponent of the three meals a day yeah. and the fasting between meaning exactly what you're saying, mm -hmm. your blood sugar gets spiked. And then, you know, now you're, you're this constant insulin run kind of thing going on. And so she was a big proponent of having like the pie for dessert after the Thanksgiving meal, not, you know, two hours later, we're going to eat again. Right. And have like dessert. <laughs> right. And that's why I don't think people realize, like, you know, I do check ketones and I check blood sugar. I don't do it every day, but the research now we know Alzheimer's like people are really concerned about Alzheimer's now, right? They're calling that type three diabetes, but of the brain. And literally the research shows just mild, like 90 blood sugar people like that's some people would say that's really good. That increases the risk of Alzheimer's at 90. Totally. I, I understand. Like fasting blood sugar. Yeah. So that's, it's yeah. those things when you look at it that way, like we all want to know our name at 80 years old. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've worked with people with that because I do a lot of neurobiofeedback. Yeah. So I yeah. see the risks, you know, when, and the risks are that, that, that blood sugar, I, I actually also see chlamydia. Causing with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. So I'll wow. see the pathogens too, you know, and mm. I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. I'm like, okay, let's see if we can like take care of this. Right. And again, yeah. the earlier we catch things, you know, so gosh, you know, take care of yourself when you're, you know, hopefully a kid, you know, if your parents yes. are, are aware, um, but definitely in your twenties and thirties, start making mm -hmm. those changes now so that you can be healthy later. You know, they're saying now, even I had interviewed somebody, um, for, well, Mary Newport, who's huge within Alzheimer's. She's got a lot of research that way. Her research now is showing you have to be preventative within your twenties and thirties for Alzheimer's. If it's genetic in your family, if it's genetic. which I, you and I, I know have different thoughts on, or like we, similar thoughts on like on genes on epigenetics. Right. So just yeah. because you have it, it doesn't mean you're destined to it versus some of like the other thought process out there, but right. <laughs> yeah, like we, I, we, I think we agree on that at least. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we agree on that because I know that I'm changing the DNA. You know, I'm yes. people's DNA all the time through through frequency neurobiofeedback and of course diet and everything. Yes. So we're talking a lot about diet and keto, but I just would love to know how do you integrate that with chiropractic? Like I could totally see these these the blending of your skills and you know what a stellar practitioner you are. How does that work? Like how do you blend that? Um, this is my secret. It's not a secret anymore. I talk about it a lot. Um, especially with the type of chiropractic I do, it's so light touch, right? So I'm not like heavy handed in there. Um, but from about Halloween to Valentine's day, I go to touch people, like touch people and I'm like, Oh, that hurts. And I always say to them, I'm like, wow, lots of carbohydrates lately, huh? And they're like, how did you know? At first they're like, no. And then they're like, yeah, well, how did you know? I'm like, because excess sugar consumption, carbohydrates. And then I have to explain to them exactly all of that. It's not 
eating a bunch of sugar packets or eating a pie, which it, I mean, that is doing that, but um, tons of potatoes, tons of whatever it is, increases inflammation in the body. Therefore, when I go to adjust them and that's when they realize like how sore that is, it's a, oh, wow, diet does play a role in this, you know? And then it's also, we know sugar plays a role in the immune system. It tanks the immune system. Mm -hmm. So when we want our immune system healthy and strong, we've got to be feeding good stuff versus the stuff that bugs like. <laughs> that bugs like, absolutely. And we're talking about those internal bugs, everyone, you know, the, the pathogens, the fungus, the mm -hmm. bacteria, the, the parasites, you know, yes. um, that we all are hosts to in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, years ago, I remember I had a, a gentleman who had a botched surgery on his ankle. So the surgeons had to go in there twice. He was a construction worker. Something fell on his foot uh, and, you know, around his ankle, his ankle joint. And, uh, and he was in a lot of pain. Um, but he was the guy that ate at Sonic and McDonald's and, you know, was not a healthy eater at all. And he was my teacher, really. He taught me that acid equals pain and acidic body equals pain. So as you're talking about touching people and you can tell what their diet is and how it relates to their body. Cause you can see their and feel their body when you're working on them. And that was my general feeling too, is like, okay, yeah. if I can get him to stop eating sugar and these carbs and these bad foods, his pain level is going to go down. It's the first thing in the morning. I'm sure you see it. Like when they get out of bed mm -hmm. and people are telling me that their joints are stiff and their ankles and their feet feel like cement blocks. I know their diet's way off. Right. You shouldn't feel lousy when you're getting out of bed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we shouldn't feel lousy whenever there's that means there's something going on. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I know that you have um, you have an amazing summit coming up, the Healthy Vibrant Women Summit. Tell yes. us about that. Oh, Lise, this is something I was such such an honor to interview you. That's how we ended up meeting. I think was through this, yes. but um. You know, I did Keto Virtual Summit a couple years back and it was always on my heart. Actually, it was out when I went to my first Mindshare, like 2016, 2017. After Keto, I was like, I need to do something for women. Like, we need to do this. However, my life was so busy trying to figure out how I was going to do this. It just wasn't going to work. Like, um, so when everything happened in 2020 and all of a sudden I was not on an airplane every single year or every single weekend, I had a lot of extra time on my hands. <laughs> so I decided to do this and it turned out it is more than I ever expected. I was going in just to cover like just basic topics, but we ended up covering like we also just have just brilliant minds, brilliant women on this summit and they all played 100% out. And so I loved it because we were able to ask the questions that regardless of the age, we all want to know. We might not even know that we want to know them, mm -hmm. but we might be afraid to ask them to our doctor. So, I mean, it was great to have gynecologists on to say, these things are normal ladies. Like you're not the only one dealing with this. Um, you know, and, and we dug into relationships. We dug into if you've had betrayal in your life, like we've gone through like the physical, the mental, the emotional, all aspects that we're dealing with as women. Cause every single one of us, whether we're a mom or not, we are covering, like we have so many hats that we are wearing and how many balls we're juggling in the air. Um, like we're all super heroes and this summit is for you guys, You're, you ladies, you can tell I'm from Michigan. Everybody is you guys. <laughs> 
Oh, I love that. Oh, I know. I just, I can already feel the energy um, of what you created there and the amazing people that you had an opportunity to interview. We're going to learn so much. So that's coming up. We'll have, you know, we'll have the link here for you. We're going to switch gears now. I'm going to ask you a couple sort of like rapid fire kind right. of questions. Um, who are some of your early mentors? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. okay, great. In um, my other one, I would say who's really now a dear friend. Um, it was the president at Palmer when I was there, my grad school, Dr. Guy Reekman, Um, and he just embodies chiropractic and I'm honored to call him a friend now. So he's still a mentor. Oh, Actually, there's a lot awesome. of really great chiropractic mentors here in Michigan. That's, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. And you know, I'm from the Midwest, so how cool. Yes. <laughs> I always feel connected <laughs> with people from the Midwest. Um, what advice would you give, um, give a practitioner, give a chiropractor setting up, you know, beginning their practice? What's you got to put in the hard work. I feel that sounds so, um, I see it now. People are walking out expecting to me making the income that somebody that is 20 years out is making, but they don't realize the blood, sweat, and tears that went in for the first 20 years to get there. So yeah, it, I mean, you will like, it's such an amazing profession in natural healing. You get to impact lives. You literally see miracles every single day. Um, and that being said, focus on the 99.9% that we are all helping because, you know, as a practitioner, you know, as well as I, it's that 0.1% that didn't get the amazing results that you wanted that we hold on to all the time. <laughs> and so we still work and try to figure that out, but we also have to remember all of the amazing things that we're, we're doing. Right. Absolutely. Oh, such a great tip. And how about, um, give us a, your number one self-care tip. Sleep. <laughs> Sleep. Okay. You got to have good quality sleep. I really, I don't, I think people undervalue that. Awesome. And finally, if we were going to, um, this, uh, we were going to Google you, this is something we wouldn't find on Google about Dr. Lisa. I'm an introvert. Okay. <laughs> Everybody awesome. thinks I'm an extrovert, but I, I force myself to be extroverted. <laughs> you force yourself to be extroverted. Awesome. Well, again, I thank you for your amazing energy today and all this wisdom. Um, this has been such a delight. I look forward to your summit and uh, we want to make sure you all know about that. So we'll get you the link. It's the Healthy Vibrant Women Summit coming up here um, pretty soon in just a few weeks, right? Yes. Starting, uh, starting in January so that you can start 2021 you know, off to a really good start. Yes. Yes. That's the goal. And make it our best year yet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so thank you again, Dr. Lisa, for being with us today and have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.